Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? It's it's Yates here, and I played Jason in Galaxy Films' newest short film, Distinguished. I just wanted to take a sec to interrupt the podcast to let you know that as of July 15th, Distinguished is available right now on the Galaxy of Film website and YouTube channel. Check it out. Don't be a dick whippet. Come on. Galaxy of Film presents... Let's fucking go! Alright everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the LFG Podcast. This is your man Brandon Messina back at it again for this week's episode as we will be discussing the newest DC movie to come out, Blue Beetle. That's right. I am joined first by the one and only Will. How's it going, Will? Uh, going good. Really happy to be here. Alright, what a great... Yeah. Great introduction. Uh, I'm Very glad. Simple, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to have you on this episode uh, for this movie. We're not alone for this one, uh, Will. We are also joined by Mr. Gamer Harold, making his uh, way onto this podcast. How's it going, Harold? I'm all good. It's good to be here, but just a little hungry and tired right now. <laughs> That's some of the usual stuff. I got you. I got you. Alright, so like I said, we will be discussing the uh, latest Blue Beetle film that just came out uh, this past weekend. Yep, uh, we're just here with the quick introductions, when we just get um, right into this. So first, I want to discuss a little background on this film, because originally this was uh, set to be released on what was uh, previously known as HBO Max, now Max, when the movie was uh, first announced, but then they decided uh, that this would get a theatrical release back in December, it got pushed back to this coming August 2023, and this is where we are at now. Uh, I also want to discuss to you, uh, with you guys just your knowledge on the Blue Beetle character, um, if you're like, you know, hip with the comic books and all your um, repertoire on that. So, Harold, I want to start with you. Do you have any um, prior knowledge of Blue Beetle before you saw this movie? Not really. I, I've only ever seen him in really like the DC Lego games when you unlock him. So that's that. I do remember seeing him once or twice in Batman Brave and the Bold some years ago. And from what I know, he also teams up with the Teen Titans, but I don't have a lot of knowledge about it. No, yeah, I, I, I um, I kind of in your uh, position as well, like, um, Going up, I didn't know much about Blue Beetle. I mean, I've seen him in appearances, like you said, in the uh, Brave and Bold cartoon when I was a kid. Um, and then, yeah, some of the Lego games, he was a part of those as well. Um, I think I've seen a couple clips of him. He was part of the uh, Young Justice show, yep. too, when I was a kid. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't know. I don't know too much about him, but I mean, I have seen him pop up a couple times on those shows when I was growing up. Um, Will, how about you? Do you know anything about Blue Beetle before you saw this movie? I'm pretty sure my first exposure was the Young Justice series. I'm pretty sure the, okay. the whole second season is mostly revolves around him, uh, actually. Uh, like, the villains are all people who are wearing scarabs. So you get a whole bunch of, like, I remember there was this one where it's instead of, like, Black, I think it was, like, Black Beetle or something like that. It was, it was a super powerful. Yeah, like, I, I saw user. images was, of those. 
I need to go back and rewatch that show because it was a pretty good introduction to him. And then besides that, I uh, I did remember reading because it had a big comic book phase in high school. And I remember <laughs> reading this book called uh, Infinite Crisis, which was this massive DC event that came out, I think, in like yeah. 2006 or something. Yeah. Um, and that was just this the sequel to Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it was this big multiverse event thing. And in the middle of it is Jaime Reyes's origin story. It cuts every once in a while to... Oh, look, this boy has the scarab that Ted Kord used to have. But, like, this time it, like, attached itself to him like a symbiote. Uh, and he ends up helping, like, Batman and stuff um, in that book. Uh, so was so he, was like, a, that... was he like a main character, though, in, uh, in that series, then? He was definitely a side character. He was had a little bit of importance. But they were using that event as, like, a springboard for his character. Uh, I it's kind of like if during Avengers Infinity War they introduced like a random character like spider-man or something like in the middle of that <laughs> like okay. oh this guy got bit by a spider like in the middle of infinity war going on <laughs> <laughs> um so that i i think i've read some stuff with uh ted cord as well like just because he's a uh, always around the justice league uh all the time so uh nothing too specific i haven't read his own his own series uh but this movie definitely got me thinking about doing that yeah for sure for not to spoil too much, but kind of like how lighthearted, I guess, the tone is in that movie. Like, I can get a kind of sense of, like, um, I guess, like, his comic book roots, I guess, um, as far mm-hmm. as, like, um, how he's presented in on the pages. Yeah, I definitely do think this is a nice uh, introduction because technically this is, like, the start of the DCU, like, James Gunn's DCU franchise, but... It's all, it was also, like, in production when the whole, like, DCU was still, like, in its last stages. So, it's kind of, like, in a weird, like, juxtaposition, I guess. Like, it's it's kind of, like, stuck in between the two. Oh, yeah. I feel like, it like, you know, James Gunn, he got brought in to, you know, reboot everything. And then he probably saw an early version of Blue Beetle, which was done at the time. And he saw it and was like, oh, this kind of fits with, like, where he's going. And I could see that, like in this movie, I could, I feel like this could exist in a, what I would assume would be a James Gunn led DC universe. Like it has that just unabashed, like it does not care, uh, like it, it, it loves the comic books and the source material. Like you have like the old school costumes in there. And I feel like that's the route that uh, James Gunn is going to be going, especially with the tone. It's got the heart that James Gunn movies always have. Yeah, you know, like I feel like he saw that, and I was like, "Oh, this actually, even though I had nothing to do with this, like this is a good starting point." And if this is the the way that these movies are going to be from from here on out with James Gunn's direction, then I'm more than excited. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, also because it doesn't really like tie into anything from like the previous mm-hmm. franchise, so it's like, like you said, like a clean slate almost. Um, and it yeah. It's, it's pretty much almost like James Gunn's Guardians movies and that whole lightheartedness and it's all about like um family uh family dilemmas and dynamics. Um so yeah, this I could easily see why he would fit this in with his whole new universe. Uh but enough babbling. Uh I think we should get right into this movie. Um so I'm just gonna give everyone just a quick uh Hopefully quick, I should say. Um, synopsis as to what the 
um, movie was about and what was in the movie. Um, I will say spoilers for anybody who has not seen the movie yet. So um, in the next five seconds, I'm going to be spoiling the entire movie. So be prepared. Three, two, one. All right. So we will start with um, Hame Rees, who is played by uh, Zolo Maraduena, which I think he is from the Cobra Kai series, I believe. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the show, but I definitely heard, um, I've definitely, I mean, Cobra Kai is a, you know, hit on Netflix, so I don't know how big of his role is on there, but he is from that series. Um, but he plays the titular character, uh, Jaime Reyes, um, who just got back from, uh, college. He just graduated, uh, with a pre-law degree, so, um, he runs into his family at the, um, airport. Uh, he returns home to, uh, Palmera City. Once he meets up with them, with his family again, uh, he finds out that his family is uh, on the verge of eviction from their home because of uh, all their financial problems that they're facing. So he decides that what he's going to do is going, uh, he's going to get a job. And his sister, uh, Malagro, uh, she gets him a job at the Cord Mansion as kind of like, a, I guess like a... What, what do they call them? Like, kind of like bus boy. No, not bus boys. Uh, maintenance, maintenance crew, I guess. Like, yeah, they're like the maids. And yeah. Stuff. Like they're, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the house, house cleaning. House, house keep, yeah, yeah. House cleaners. Housekeepers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, they get jobs there. Um, that's when we get, um, introduced more to Victoria and Jenny Cord. Uh, Victoria Cord is actually played by Susan Sarandon. She is the CEO and co-founder of the company Cord Industries and kind of like, uh, to this kind of like a prologue, as you would say. Um, we meet up Victoria Cord in, uh, Antarctica and, um, her and her crew uh, we're able to find this uh, scarab beetle that she's been searching for for uh, 15 years, I believe the movie says. So she's been she was able to find this scarab, and um, she is using the scarab as part of her OMAC project uh, that she's kind of spearheading as part of this new direction toward the company. And uh, her niece Jenny Cord does not approve of this at all and she gets into a, a confrontation with victoria about this at the mansion uh and that's when uh jaime kind of inter interferes or interrupts in this confrontation and that ends up with him and his sister getting fired from the job uh but afterwards jenny just runs into them and offers uh jaime another job opportunity and her or at the company within the company so Jaime meets, uh, um, meets up with her the next day. Um, so he goes up to the um, headquarters of the Cord Industries. All in while, Jenny is in the process of stealing the scarab from the company uh, as they're um, creating these OMAC projects. And she's able to steal it and uh, kind of gives it to Jaime to avoid all the security problems and all that stuff. So Jaime is now in control of the scarab. And so he goes back to his family. You know, his family keeps pushing and pushing him to reveal what the scarab is. And this ultimately turns him into the blue beetle. So the scarab kind of absorbs into his body, uh, which and activates itself, uh, creating an armored suit. And afterwards, with all the trouble that the uh, the scarab gets him immediately, he 
uh, try to find Jenny just to get some answers like what what's going on? Why is this happening to me? Um, all in the while, she's being hunted down by Victoria's armed forces. But after all that mess is uh, cleared up, she uh, tells Jaime that actually the scarab is um, some sort of weapon and it willingly chose Jaime to be the, the new host of the Blue Beetle. And so after that, um, Jaime's uncle Rudy, played by George Lopez, helps out with Jaime and Jenny uh, as they um, break into the court tower again. When under because now the the tower's all um, under watch and kept like security and all that stuff. So they um, sneak in to retrieve this uh, smart watch, which inside is a key to kind of get the scarab out of Jaime. Um, but after they retrieve it, they actually run into Victoria's bodyguard, uh, Ignacio Carapax. He fights with Jaime uh, until um, Rudy and Jenny help him out and they escape. And then they retreat to um, Jenny's old house, uh, which happened to be the headquarters of Jenny's father, who was uh, Ted Cano. Yeah, Ted Cord. Ted, Cord, yeah. yeah, Ted Cord. I don't know what I was thinking there. Um, so Jenny's father is Ted Cord, who was the original Blue Beetle, but has since disappeared. She doesn't know what happened to him. One day, like, he was just gone. Um, so, like, they're down in the basement where his headquarters is, um, is uh, and ultimately finds out that, like, the, they can't get rid of this Beetle unless, like, Jaime dies, pretty much. So uh, the Scarab's with him forever, they find out. Uh, and then once that's all figured out, they kind of like study uh, the Blue Beetle suits, which I believe the name was Kajida. I think that's the name of like the AI like voice thing. So they kind of studying it um, until they find out that Victoria and her goons are going over to Jaime's house because the rest of his family are there. Um, so he runs out to save the rest of his family. And in the middle of this huge fight between uh, her goons and the Blue Beetle, Jaime's father, um, Alberto, dies from a cardiac arrest, which, you know, um, earlier in the movie, we find out that he had um, heart problems uh, before. Um, So this is kind of a result of that. Goes into cardiac arrest and ultimately dies. Um, And while that's happening, actually, uh, Blue Beetle gets caught by Victoria and... They capture him and take him to this uh, secure island, um, like, far away. And so, ultimately, we, um, with the help of Jaime's family, they join up together with Jenny to save him. And they take Jenny's uh, father's bug ship to, with all these weapons. And they kind um, they take off to the island to um, battle all the goons that are there. All in the while, Jane, uh, Jaime is uh, captured and uh, there Victoria's trying to take all the information from the Blue Beetle um, in order to give it to um, Carapax, who um, ends up being Omac, the one Omac. Um, so they're trying to transfer all that information to Omac's suit. And in the process of that, um, Jaime um, envisions his father, who kind of just kind of tells him to embrace the uh, identity of the Blue Beetle because he was, um, you know, it was his destiny to become the Blue Beetle, all that. So he kind of hypes him up, and which, which kind of, you know, sets a trigger to Jaime to wake up and escape the room that he was in 
just right after all the information transfers from uh into the OMAC suit. So uh, ultimately, there's this big battle now with uh the OMAC goons and uh, with the OMAC um yeah Carapax pretty much Carapax and Blue Beetle are fighting uh towards the end with the help of Jaime's family as well. Ultimately, um, Blue Beetle is able to subdue Carapax and kind of just kind of re-trigger his mind, uh, which we actually find out that Carapax was captured by Victoria and her crew when he was just a kid, So, um, which resulted in his, um, his mother's death when he was a child. So um, he's been with Victoria um, with all these years, kind of being manipulated um, against and all that. What ultimately happens is Carapax snaps out of this um and kind of just sacrifices himself and uh victoria into this like huge fire that um happened in the midst of this battle and so um with everything pretty much back to normal um jaime and his family return uh back to their house which um i i should say um beforehand that in the in the middle of the fight with uh his family and uh the goons their house gets destroyed uh, so they uh, go back to that after um, his dad's funeral uh, and Jenny eventually becomes the new CEO of Cord Industries and promises to repair the damage that was um, caused onto the Rees family um, and offers to rebuild their house um, in exchange for that. The movie ends with Jaime. Uh, basically, Jaime and Jenny end up in a relationship. So uh, they eventually fly off into the court estate, and that's where the movie ends. Or so we thought, because there is a mid credit scene where uh, it gets revealed to us that uh, Ted Cord is uh, uh, attempting to inform Jenny that he is alive somewhere, so that could be a potential sequel in the making when we find out that uh, Ted Cord is actually alive and trying to reconnect with his uh, daughter. And that is officially when the movie ends. All right. Uh, now we are going to get into our uh, positives and negatives that we have about this movie. Um, we are going to start actually with Harold. Harold, uh, what is one positive that you have uh, about this movie, Blue Beetle? Um, it's the family concept. I really like, I always like the family concept in movies about protecting your family or having something to protect makes you stronger. I'm always that type of guy. Yeah, great. Uh, you definitely. I mean, they really push in this movie that the family is the heart and soul of this movie, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, yeah, the the actually this movie wouldn't be made without like the family themes. I think I don't think this movie would be the same without um all the family um dynamics and all that stuff. So uh, that is definitely one positive I can give about this. Um, one positive I will say that kind of ties into that um, previous statement is that this movie didn't feel like the typical superhero movie that we've gotten over the past couple years, I would say. Um, I, and I definitely think that's because of the lightheartedness uh, that this movie brings out and um, how it's not so much about the superhero as it is um, all those family themes and how like when the going gets tough and uh, like when you're down on your luck, like family is there to support you no matter what. So I definitely think so. I definitely like that um, you can just go into this and kind of like take the superhero aspect out of this. And it's just a great like family action adventure film. 
that's what, um that's kind of my first positive I would get this. Uh, Will, what about you? Do you have any other positives that you can give about this film? Well, I absolutely agree with the with the focus on the family that they have in this movie. It's just so well done. Uh, but to give another positive note, I mean, I really love the action in this movie. Yes. Uh, I feel like there was such a awesome, just like grounded feeling. I feel like it's one of those things where, because this movie was done with a much lower budget than something like The Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this was only round, rounded out to being around like a hundred million, maybe a, a tad bit more than that. Wow, this movie uh, doesn't so like, seem like it. They're not, yeah, and it, it's not like completely covered in CGI constantly all the time because they were like, oh, we'll just do all this in post. Like they actually had real practical suits where they were actually running around punching each other. And, and there's a lot of scenes where, where Jaime has like his mask off and he's running around and you can tell that that's he's wearing that thing and and it sounds really insane that like we've gotten to a point where it's like somebody wearing a real costume on set is like something i have to point out and say jesus thank god they have this in there. <laughs> right you know? like right instead of, you know all the spider-man movies now they, they paint they paint his real like you could see in the spider-man movies the behind the scenes stuff oh look this suit looks nice looks real just on a visual standpoint that stuff was really great and the final fight scene is sick like it, it gave me um Man of Steel vibes gave me Sam Raimi's Spider-Man vibes like that the versus Green Goblin at the end of that one. And it gave me, uh, which I think I remember reading at some point, the director or somebody else working on the film said they took some inspiration from this Japanese show called Kamen Rider, which I'm a huge fan of. And it's literally bug themed superheroes that punch the shit out of each other. Like, it's so like nice. it, it has all of those things merged together. And to me, it was just this perfect final fight. And I really liked it. So yeah, that was just that's another positivity for me. No, yeah, I agree. Um, going back to the suit too, I really like what they did with that suit as well. Even giving like the the mask just like movement, kind of like um, I it, it almost kind of gave me like Deadpool vibes from like yeah. how like ex um expressionable like the the mask is and um how um it moves and all that stuff. So. I appreciate that little detail um, in the mask itself. I also did like the design of the suit too. Um, yeah, like like you said, like having to praise like a practical suit um, in a superhero movie is it shouldn't be like this. You know, it shouldn't be a positive, right? Like yeah, yeah <laughs> with all these like given, CGI you know? <laughs> suits that we're getting now. Um, yeah. That's yeah, because that's why I like the Deadpool movie so much. Is that yeah. um, they only have to like touch up a like some little things in the post-production with the suit but like everything else is like he's ryan reynolds is actually like wearing that suit uh for a majority of that movie yeah another low budget film too yeah and like you wouldn't even tell like this was like a hundred million dollars for like how like how surprisingly like good the cgi is for like a good majority of this movie dare i say like good part of this movie like the cgi like really holds up really good as compared to like a movie like the flash where like you can tell like it's post-production but also like uh another thing i like is how well structured the the story actually is like you can like list off like the um the the story beats that this movie has like you could tell like this is the introduction and then this is where we get the rising action and the climax like this is all like like well-structured uh narrative points that you should come to expect when you see like a you know a superhero movie like this but um it also actually this movie kind of gives me like like disney channel like superhero family movie vibes but in a good way 
of just of how like lighthearted and how like um forefront like the family themes and motives are in this movie. Yeah, I really liked how that is. Um also I I really like the cast. Um I think everybody plays their part really, really well. George Lopez might have been my favorite thing in this entire movie. Um, which is weird for me to say, but like I think all his like comedy spots were um were actually like really well done. And I always like whenever like he was on screen, he would he, he honestly would make me smile, like for how like well he his performance was in this movie. Um also, um Zolo, he did a really great job as um Jaime Reeves. I haven't um I haven't really seen him in you know, Cobra Kai, as I said. So, um, just him, like, this is like my first time seeing him in a performance. And he, he was Jaime Rees. Like, I, I can't picture anybody else playing this part other than him. And I, honestly, like, I go back to, th- uh, as I was watching this movie, I go back to this, um, quote, um, from Bo Burnham that I had, where he said, like, like, movies aren't the same where, like, you, um, see, like, the same actor playing, like, the same parts and you can tell like like that he gave it like a good performance but like the the great performances are from the actors who you um who you don't really see often play um or appearing in movies or something along those lines like that um so that immediately uh came to mind when i was watching this movie and like zolo really nailed it for me as far as like um his performance and him like his portrayal of the character goes also a shout out to susan sarandon um she did good for um the material that she was given i think that's all my points i have to say about this movie um does anybody have any additional points that they would give any any pros that you would give as we're we're gassing up the actors i actually uh really appreciated uh bruna marquisine's uh jenny cord i feel like she had like yeah the whole like tortured like she had has all this emotional baggage from her her father and her mother and once she does have those scenes where she's allowed to get like emotional and she's allowed to like become vulnerable as a character i thought she really knocked that stuff out of the park yeah yeah i agree with that too um because i i feel like in like most superhero movies they would always have that one uh like badass woman character who like doesn't really give a lot of like who hasn't given a lot of depth to their character i would mm-hmm. say and i think they did a really good job with jenny cord's character and her like kind of like i like to compare and contrast as far as um like with jaime and her character as far as like the um the family um contrast because uh, mm-hmm. jaime is yeah. like low class middle middle class maybe like grew up in this like type of family structure um but like the family and all that love that they have for each other is what holds them together and then meanwhile you have jenny's character who grew up like with this like rich family and all that the, uh and all that but yeah she she didn't grow up with the family and she was kind of, she was like alone and depressed really for most of her life so uh I like that they still showcased her as a badass woman but also um you know having like a ground to her like actually like um an emotional arcs and story to her um which I really appreciate so Job well done on that one. Also, um, I want to also give a, a bonus point to this movie for having the power glove, the Nintendo power glove as a yeah, weapon in this that. movie. Yeah. Two thumbs up on that one. But yeah, any any other last positives that we can give this movie? I really enjoyed George Lopez too. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was actually yeah, surprised was because I thought he was going to be annoying uh, in this movie, but he actually, like, <laughs> there was actually, like, a ground to his character as well. And uh, that goes for a lot of the characters, too. There, were act- there was actually, like, multiple, like, character uh, characteristics with each of these characters, especially with um, him and Jaime. Their um, interactions with each other were really nicely done for um, the moments that they had with each other. Definitely, yeah, thumbs up on that one for sure. But yeah, um, if that's all the positive we can get, um, we are going to get also right into the negatives that we have for this movie. Um, I'll start with this one. While I did like the family stuff and uh, for sure, um, I definitely think it, in some parts of the movie, um, it kind of overshadowed Jaime's story a bit. Because um, as I was watching this movie, that was the main takeaway I had is that um, Jaime at some points didn't feel like the main character in his story. I felt like I felt more interested in the family rather than him as a character because I do feel like they were in the forefront for so much of this movie that it kind of bogs down um, Jaime and who he really is because all I really got from him is that, okay, he's a family man and he's he's a nice guy and that's pretty much all i got from his character from uh as i would say compared to everyone else and yeah like i said zolo did a really good job with what he was given but i do feel like i could have gotten more from just his character i think maybe like you know maybe five more minutes with a couple more scenes maybe from you know just his character i think that could have um, really helped this movie out from that perspective. Yeah, because I don't, yeah, I didn't really feel like his character was fully fleshed out from what, from my viewing of this movie. Will, we'll start with you next. Um, any other negatives that you found in this movie? I have two things. One isn't really a negative. It, it's, I don't know, did you guys notice in the movie? I saw it in IMAX and about, so like it has that opening scene with uh, the evil cord lady and mm-hmm. then like that's at night and stuff and then it cuts to uh Jaime at the airport it's very bright very colorful and i noticed in that scene like something looks weird like it almost looks like something's wrong with the projector like the quality kind of dipped a little bit it was a little bit more mm. like glossy sheeny look and i was like it's less high def than i'm used to when i see imax movies and then i realized that it was an intentional filter that they have over the movie at least I'm almost okay. positive that's what it is. It, it has this kind of like 80s uh, music video, like old school kind of filter over it, which fits with the general like tone and, and the visuals of the, the story. But for a while, I was sitting there questioning, like, why does this look like this? Is this something wrong with the projector? Should I go leave and like, <laughs> you know ask them, like, is something wrong? Like, like yeah, so I don't know. It like... I feel like they almost like added that in post later without really integrating that in, like when they were originally filming it. But then again, about halfway through the movie, I like stopped noticing it at all. Like it, I just really kind of immersed myself into that world. So maybe on a rewatch, it I'll realize that it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, My, I kind of yeah, did you notice that? I mean, um, I I noticed how like bright I guess the coloring was in the beginning of the movie, or at least in some scenes, but. Like you said, like, once I was, like, fully immersed into the movie, it didn't really bother me that much. Um, I didn't, I mean, other than, like, the, like, the coloring, like, I didn't notice any, like, glossy, like, 
filters or anything like that. So I don't know, maybe if maybe if it was like your theater or something like that. But um, I did see it. I also did see it in like Emacs or like EMX or whatever. I forgot what it's called. Um, So I kind of saw something like similar to you. Um, But yeah, other than the coloring, like which I felt like could be like too bright at times, but um, nothing like that that like hinders the movie at all at at any point. I am glad. I am glad the movie isn't like gray concrete style like color yeah absolutely tired of that look uh kind of like the like the the snyder like uh gray filter the thing is snyder knew how to do contrast though was the problem like like i i agree yeah well no no that was a good thing with snyder's that he he would have like gray tones but he knew how to do it looked better than when say like disney does it it just looks like raw video footage that they forgot to color grade you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah and I'm, I'm really tired of that aesthetic. Like, the new Ahsoka trailer just came out, and, like, everything looks just... Every shot is just the zero contrast. There's no shadows. Everything's just gray. and It's all like, just, like, one thing. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just tired of everything having that color grading. But this is a very colorful movie that I appreciate it. My other big problem with the movie... While all the other characters, I think, are really great, very, you know, they have their little quirks and stuff, I feel like the main guy, Carapax, they kind of dumped all of his characterization and all of his motivations into like literally the last like five minutes of the movie yeah i agree and i, I agree like with that that could have like at that point i was already kind of like on the uh he's just like a generic guy that you know we're gonna beat him and we're gonna move on and then at right there they're like oh actually he's this deep character that you should care about the whole time like i would have cared about him if you spr- sprinkled some of that more throughout there's like a hint like early on uh with the evil cord lady she does this really creepy like power move thing where she like touches his chest and and it, it was really weird like Freudian mind control shit going on there which i did appreciate. like it's not a normal thing uh, going on but then there's nothing there's no for the whole, whole rest of the movie until the very end you don't get any extra bits about this character besides him just being a tough evil guy uh so i really do wish that they could have spread that out um, though I I do think the way he goes out with the evil cord lady at the end is like one of the like hardest things we've ever seen. It's just he's just dragging her into the fire. I did like, like that one. Too. It's so funny how like blue blue beetles just like no, I'm not gonna kill anybody, even this evil lady that almost fucking killed my my whole family. <laughs> like it's so like a like a lighthearted know, Batman, I guess. Yeah, I'm like I can't. I like if this lady did that, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I'm gonna not her uh and then this guy's like nah like you're not gonna kill her i'm gonna kill her because she ruined my life which i think i think makes the most sense too uh, from a story perspective i'm glad that he did just kind of let it happen too like blue beetle didn't try running in and be like no we gotta see it like no Mm -hmm. just let it go just let him (laughs) let him do (laughs) his thing yeah (laughs) um but yeah even though yeah yeah i i agree with you too um i think if they i think if they kind of altered that scene of him like find like what we finding out about like his flashback and all that um if they kind of like altered it to like kind of make it look like oh like maybe like victoria kind of like took him in um after his like mother died and then we get the reveal of like oh no she like actually like captured him because as a direct result of her actions um so i I think yeah i think they if they played with that like throughout the movie um maybe if we got like a scene where he's like like emotional for like a minute or two 
or if we get that flashback but like altered in a different way like in the middle of the movie where i think remove, remove some of the extra context to show just how evil you know she is like you just see like it makes it look like oh she came in and saved him but in the reality it was her that caused the whole thing you know like, right if they yeah. did if they did it like that then i think his I think it would have played out much better. I agree with you with how they um they just kind of dumped all the flashback yeah. in the like the final climax of the movie. Yeah, I feel like they had like they had stuff like that, but then they cut it out. You know, like for time, mm-hmm. and so it just kind of gets hand fisted at the end where the scarab like you know ADR in like, oh, I'm sharing his memories with you now. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah, to, like okay, <laughs> that's weird, kind of out of nowhere, but fine. Yeah, that's like literally my only like major complaint with the movie. I think everything else is like, even though it is a the type of like bare bones structure for a superhero movie you've seen before. I feel like everything they do that's unique and different to this film, especially like the um, Hispanic perspective and and, yeah. and Latino representation and all like the culture stuff. Like I, I went with my mother; uh, she's Puerto Rican, and she got a lot of the you know the little references and stuff like that, and to like being a a, a a uh, latin american it's just yeah that stuff was really fun so yeah like it adds a lot of new stuff to the to the superhero table i'd say in that way yeah absolutely um harold do you have anything that you would give uh negatively about this movie say anything negative um it probably kind of was the same thing you said i do remember when me and my friends were leaving the movie we were like saying that Jumping around saying his family stole the whole movie in the first half. We were just like, you know, some of us were like, Lopez was their funniest, his sister, his grandma. It was just like, you know, just a little joking around, but I can see why you said that. We were just loving the family. Well, we love him too. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I just feel like, I think, like, yeah, the family stuff is strong, but I think it could be bit hammered down a little bit too much. I mean, but I mean, that's what the movie is about is the family. So like I I understand that and I'm not I'm not going to like critique that um aspect about it um because it's it is a focal point to the story um I think that's like a testament to how like pretty good the movie is that like one of your major complaints like isn't even really that like crazy. You know? Right. It's like yeah, like it's still great. It's just maybe like a little bit less, maybe a little bit more focus on, you know, I mean, and I'm like yeah, like that's that goes to show that it, it, I think this movie's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> like it could have been like, well, the family element completely sucks, and it's like, nah, nah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say because totally like, if the family stuff was bad, then like yeah. that that hinders the entire movie because that's oh, what yeah. it's writing on is the yeah. family stuff. I, I one thing I forgot to mention in my in my positives is how they kind um is uh I liked how they handled like all the like imperialist messaging uh, and all like. Um, kind of like all oh, like yeah. the white like you know white people like you know on top of the world and while like minorities and all the like lower class families are suffering um, because of their actions you know uh, all that stuff so I I liked how they kind of um they like kind of played with that a little bit in this movie um kind of yeah, like it's, it's not very subtle and I like that <laughs> yeah it's not subtle yeah you're it's, right it's like yeah the evil Ted uh, the evil uh, cord lady is like oh yeah like. Uh, we sent Carapax over to like crush like a bunch of like you know communist revolutionaries by the, with the CIA like you like their influence as a corporation with the CIA and the American government going into other countries and you know killing people you know these revolutionaries and stuff 
and it's like yeah they're the bad guys you're right <laughs> I, I, yeah and I, in fact later, like they don't they don't yeah. shy away from all that like subtlety yeah, from all very, that like yeah. one other nitpick i would say about this movie is there are times where like there's some unnecessary swearing uh <laughs> for this being like such mm-hmm. i think it's like i think it's a pg-13 film um but like some of the like the swearing that they use because i figured they would use their like one or two like you know you know swearing free bag you know get out of jail free Mm -hmm. card pretty much um in this movie but no they like they swear like five or six times in this movie and sometimes like half of them come out of nowhere and i swear to god like uh jaime's half of like jaime's dialogue was like always like what the hell what the hell what the hell i felt like (laughs) i felt like that was just like being like used so weirdly and like it kind of like weirdly played with the tone a little bit so um but like i said it's just a nitpick so it doesn't like alter anything about the movie it was just i just found that interesting right right (laughs) i wish it had come out maybe a few years earlier though i agree you know if we could like right now it just really sucks the time period that it's coming out and just nobody really cares that much about superhero movies yeah, this is like where this is like at the tail end of like DC, no one goes the superhero fatigue and everyone pretty yeah. much like being tired because all these superhero movies are playing with the same beats there. So they're like, they're not really like, or they're not changing anything. Nothing, nothing new is being added to these movies. And while I mean, nothing's new is being done with this movie either, it's at least a nice change of pace from what we've seen the last couple of years so yeah. that's something i can at least appreciate about this movie glad it came out in theaters instead of it being just in hbo absolutely yeah absolutely i'm glad that they, they um changed that to actually being a theatrical release instead of just dumping it onto hbo max did uh like they did uh, during the pandemic yeah i'm actually really glad to see uh that i saw this movie and as a matter of fact we can get into our scoring systems for this movie and what we rate it. Uh, Harold, let's start with you. What do you give this movie? One out of five. Four. Four? So, of course, uh, no, uh, a best spin. You give this a best spin? Oh, yeah. Good, because I probably would have forgot. I'm not. How's that? <laughs> Four out of five. Four out of five, yeah. Good. Uh, Will, what about you? What do you give this movie? Uh, I'm gonna get it. Give it a uh, bestman on its way to Coruscant. A, uh, wow! All right. I it really because when I sit and I think about what are things that I did not like about this movie, it's just that one little thing about the villain, and that's it. <laughs> like everything else was was a slam dunk for me. I, I really enjoyed it, even though, like we said, it is like you know, it is your basic hero's journey kind of superhero plot line underneath it all. The same skeletal structure but there's a reason why that is that it's because that is a very fulfilling you know origin story to do and what they did add to it is great the different perspective the from this 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 group of people this you know mexican family instead of just another like white dude or whatever every time (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that extra little flavor to it that little you know cultural bend that is really appreciated for me and yeah, I love the action. The acting was really good. It was funny. It's all you really need for like a you know a nice little two hour superhero movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, as far as my rating for this movie, I'm going to give it a Naboo on the way to uh, best spin. Um, solid. Yeah, three and a half movie out of five for me. 
Um, this was a wonderful surprise because I was not expecting it to be uh, this good as I as kind of my expectations were. Yeah, just a, a fun kind of like refresh of the DC uh, U universe. Uh, like you said, uh, well, great cast. The story is, you know, your run-of-the-mill, like, origin story for a superhero. But they do it so well with the family aspects and uh, all, like, all the story beats to the structure of it all was really um, nicely handled. I would have liked to see more of Jaime's character just a bit more. Uh, yeah, I just really, really like this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just a fun, lighthearted a superhero form that a film that just is out of the norm that you would expect out of superhero movies in you know the past five years yeah um yeah i really don't know if this is gonna end up getting a sequel based on how much money it's currently making and projected to make hopefully it's got like long legs because of its uh word of mouth because mm-hmm. uh, it is actually like pretty good it's not a stinker as of right now i wouldn't i don't i don't really know what when we're gonna see these characters again which is kind of a little sad because <laughs> I really would have liked them. Perhaps the uh, the Booster Gold show that uh, James Gunn announced because Booster Gold's always been partnering up with Blue Beetle. Yeah, and, and kind of an iconic duo, the two of them. Which I thought they were going to reveal in the after credits scene that Ted Cord was time traveling with Booster Gold the whole time, uh, and maybe that is what the problem is: is that maybe they got he got lost in time somewhere. Yeah. So maybe that show might be the next time, or maybe if they do another Justice League movie soon. Or, or I, what I really want is a Teen Titans show or, or movie. Teen yes. Titans movie. Yes. Or that if 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 WB wants to make like a billion dollars, that is the movie they need to make, and it needs to have Blue Beetle involved. For sure. not, not that crappy Titan show that we get on TNT yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, the HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. If it's more, show. if it's more like the uh, 2003 cartoon, then mm-hmm. uh, yes, yeah, sign me up for sure. Mm-hmm. Like that and Young Justice kind of merge that together, and that'd be an awesome movie. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be yeah, kind of like a blend between the two. That would be that would be great. If that's yeah, if that's the that's the rest of our um, positives and negatives, then uh, Mm -hmm. might as well close it out. Uh, Harold, do you have any social media or anywhere where people can follow you? Um, well, the um. The social media and my YouTube channel will be basically the same. My game, check me out there. Um, I'm on Twitch and TikTok too. If you want to go there, yeah. Instagram and YouTube is what I use the most. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, where where can our followers find you on all forms of social media? Uh, right now I am uh, wkart54 on uh, Twitter or uh, X as it is called now because of. Uh, Evil billionaires, which ties in with this movie. Uh, so yeah, that yeah, you can find me there, where I post art and stuff. So nice, nice. Uh, people nice. can follow me personally on Beeline Two K Twenty Three on Instagram and at Brandon M Two Two Six on uh, Twitter. I will forever be calling it Twitter and not stupid X. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, be sure to follow Galaxy of Film on all t- uh, types of uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, as well, Galaxy of Film Productions. Um, we have a ton of stuff on that YouTube channel. Um, be sure to check out our latest short film that we published, uh, Distinguish, uh, that was written, produced, and directed by Max Wood, um, our lovely host. Uh, he put a lot of effort into that, so please be sure to spread the word and keep watching that uh, short film. I would really appreciate it. Be sure to check out uh, Dakari's latest video essay, um, which he talks about uh, the silent film era movies. He calls it Unleashed Highlights from the Silent Era. You can watch that also on our YouTube channel. Um, you can also watch our past live stream recordings that we've done on our channel. Uh, we've talking about uh, Barbenheimer. Uh, we've talking about the state of the uh, DCEU and many other live streams that we've done in the past. I hope you all have enjoyed this episode of the LFG Podcast, and this is your man Brandon signing you out. Peace out, everyone.